I'm Fern Smith and I live in Wales. I am a theatre practitioner, at least I was, um, and for 25 years I was um, joint artistic director of Volcano Theatre Company. We were an international touring theatre company um, based in Swansea and our work was to reframe and uh, I suppose to, to shake up the old and to bring in the new really. So Volcano, we're an alternative experimental theatre company, came out of the, the wave of the uh, kind of 1980s physical theatre, came out of the activity that was going in Swansea around the miners' strike, because we were students here at the time. Um, so so uh, we created a theatre company to, to, to be a platform, I suppose, for, for our views, our ideas and our visions. And, and we did that um, successfully for 25 years. Um, then I, in, in the last five years, I've been having a kind of a major rethink about the role of the arts in terms of social change. And that has forced me, I think, to, to step away from what I have been doing and to, to, and to, to reassess. So I've been moving closer to continually asking that question myself and other people, what is the arts role in a time of global crisis? And my answer to that was that I couldn't keep making touring theatre in, in the old paradigm, however new and exciting that theatre was. And so for, uh, for me, I started having conversations with many people. That's how I met Sarah and others and found out that there was a lot of artists who were, who were questioning, as I was at that time. And Emergence, which is this project which has a bit of a tagline, creative practice for a sustainable future, it came out of those conversations. And I was following synchronicity um, and looking at uh, different models of leadership as well. So I, I became very interested in systems theory and emergence for me became this new space, this new art project for me to explore and it enabled um, uh, me and others to create spaces to bring other people in who were also questioning um, and, to, and to join together in a mini movement or, or join up networks with other networks and to really look at what we could do and, and how best we could use our energy in this transitional time. I guess, you know, my, my story uh, really echoes Fern's considerably. I set out to be a playwright and to change the world. And, you know, as a playwright, as you get more successful, you get more actors than bigger stages. And that's sort of how you deem that you're doing well in your career. And there was a point where I was sort of backstage with a show of mine about to open with a big revolving set and lots of actors running about in costumes and a whole sort of sea of grey-haired people with their boxes of Maltesers sitting out in the audience. And I just thought, this this isn't what I set out to do and um and so I similarly to Fern about eight years ago sort of stepped back from that and sort of reassessed you know if I really did want to create change in the world or at least create the conditions for change how should I best do that and you know it obviously required a lot less Maltesers than I was currently involved with and so I I started to work much more closely than with um, communities and with uh, scientists, with charities, with with all sorts of people, and um, 
I wasn't really aware of the fact that I think I was part of a, a sort of the beginnings of a movement that was happening with other artists. I felt very much out on my own doing that. Um, and that journey has sort of taken me into the work that I'm doing now and actually is bringing me more back into the mainstream art world, but in a different way and, and bringing with me everything that I've learned and also strong connections that I've made over the last few years to people like Fern and to, to Lucy Neal and many others who I think have all sort of beginning to come in out from the cold, realising that passions that we've had over the last sort of perhaps nearly a decade are, are there in a lot of other artists as well. So I think the report that Fern and I have, have been writing and the book that, that Lucy's been writing with all of us a sort of testament to, to those journeys really. So this week is, is the week when Lucy's book comes out and it, and it pulls together many of the, the things you know, you've talked about there being a movement and there being a lot of people who sort of were feeling sort of disparate but feeling kind of part of coming together around this. What, why does Lucy's book matter do you think? There was a really interesting experience as Lucy started to bring, um, and, you know, to search for people and to bring people together to to start making this book. Um, and some of us, you know, it's been quite a long, <laughs> a long haul, obviously most of all for Lucy, but it's been a long process and a really revealing process. Um, and I remember I... Um, uh, I was uh, sort of one of the tutors on a on a sort of I suppose it was a a retreat almost bringing people uh, together artists together to start to look at this practice that we seem to all share but but hadn't really described to ourselves really let alone each other so there was a group of us came together and working individually with people over the course of that week there was such a relief as people realised that we were all talking the same language and as people started to find the words to describe their own practice. Because a lot of people, you know, we we do what we do and, and sometimes finding uh, ways to reflect on that and explain it isn't, you know, sometimes there isn't just, just isn't time for it. So that process, I think, was hugely important for the artists involved. And then obviously, you know, in a work, any work of communication, as it moves through the process, you know, even if, before publication, it draws more and more people in and then... Uh, hopefully after publication draws more and more people into that community again so I think it really was a very timely build of a, of a community of practice. I was just looking up to see if I could find an email just as, as we're speaking uh, I got one a couple of days ago from a, a young uh, a young artist doing a dissertation at the moment and I've heard uh, a lot of a lot of people talking in this way and she was actually saying that I was thinking of leaving the arts because she just felt it wasn't relevant and she came across Culture Shift, someone, someone um, uh, directed her to it and it was a beautiful email because there was such relief that mm. she was saying, ah, oh, there's, there's a place, there are people doing this already. It seems, I think, maybe for a lot of um, young people who are going into the arts, is actually it's it's the business as usual model in the arts. You get in debt, you either get unemployed or you get employed in the arts, uh, but you just keep on doing it. You keep making art and then more art and more art. And I think for for those those people who ha have a sense that business as usual is not an option, and they think, well, actually, I can't go into the arts because I should be putting my um, energy into this movement for change, and the, in the way the old model for the arts isn't really compatible. I mean, however fantastic some of our, our pieces are and inspiring, um, I think that, that there is a whole movement of artists just saying, 
And maybe this isn't a luxury that I can afford. I don't mean that that art is a luxury that society can't afford. I absolutely don't mean that because I think that's kind of going back to an old argument. But those people um, who maybe have been activists in, in their own life or who are really questioning the old models, they look at the arts and, and, and in terms of the mainstream, I think that there isn't much leadership for social change going on. And mm. unless those people are aware that there are these pockets, there are these, these mini movements or, or people actually galvanizing activity, then maybe those, those young people are going to leave the arts and we'll lose those kind of potential leaders of, of mm. future making art. So, so I think playing for time is, is so important. I wonder how much of a splash it will make. I hope it makes a big one. But I think, in a way, like more, the most important things, it's the ripples, the ripples, the ripples, people passing on the book that gets passed on to someone else. The people go, oh, my God, I didn't know that this was happening, and I want to be part of it. And actually with Culture Shift as well, that people have echoed that, that relief, that people are naming something that is already happening. And then people go, that's, that's exactly how I've been thinking. And I didn't know other people were questioning. So, so I think that it's, it is a sense of, of uh, a recognition and it's shining a light on this practice. And, and so it's actually inspiring people to be part of it rather than shaming people uh, and shaming artists and saying, look, stop doing your, your shows, stop making your pots, stop making your paintings. We haven't got time for that. But actually inspiring those artists with this other story of change within the arts. And so they, they really might be saying, actually, that's something I can stand behind as an artist. I can align my art with my, my, my deeply held personal values. Because I think we also had a, a bit of a sense that Maybe, I mean, certainly in the first survey that we did with Emergence, but a lot of artists were saying, I believe this in my home life and my personal life, but actually when it comes to the arts, because I'm a revenue-funded client from the arts organisation, my, my priority um, to keep receiving my funding is to make the shows or is to, yeah, to, to, to keep on making the art, which keeps on keeping our company in funding so and I think because of the pace that everyone is working at the moment in every single sector there is less time to stop and to question and actually a lot of those artists I think in playing for time and in culture shift have often been artists that have stopped it's not been an easy transition to go all right I'll just move and nudge my practice a little bit and now I will do my practice will become more consciously in service of people and the planet. Often it's not that comfortable. I think that artists have just said, well, maybe I need to stop being an artist. And, 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 and that's, that's a you know, really, really difficult decision to, to, to make. Um, I think it, it, it hasn't necessarily happened um, smoothly and organically for many, many people, but actually by meeting together and having the conversations, hopefully for other artists who are really interested in making that shift, 
it might be easier in future and then we'll get more artists who are actually working in this way because I think I mean artists have always been leaders of change they've always been pioneers in the kind of those paradigm shifts within society but I think sometimes that, that we all run scared and we all want to keep our funding and we all want to keep our jobs and actually the leadership in playing for time and leadership in culture shift was coming from the artists it wasn't actually coming from the arts councils and the policy makers but what's been fantastic is i mean certainly in the, in the in arts council of wales they have said we want this change to be led by the artists and, and then the, then the arts council are actually supporting that um, so the same in England, I think that, that actually it's been a real artist-led movement. And then, then hopefully um, the policy makers then, uh, then join with the artists in creating change rather than it being a kind of a tick box strategy first and then artists feeling like, oh, actually these funders are saying this is what they want to fund. Let's, let's start making art like that. But it's actually been happening the other way around. And I think that's been the exciting thing. You mentioned the um, uh, culture shift paper, report, whatever you'd call it, that, that you did. Can you give us a sense of that and, and more generally what Emergence does? What does your practice look like in practice? We, we had our first gathering in 2010 in Wales and it had two priorities, I suppose. One was to look at the art sector in the same way that Julie's bicycle was and actually looking at how can we have a less environmentally harmful art sector. And so, so one, one thing that Emergence was doing was to, to look at um, maybe greening the art, so to look at our touring and our practices and to see if we could be less um, wasteful in terms of our resources. So that really important and that work is continuing and actually we're working with a network of venues in Wales, Cray Cymru. Uh, there's been a pilot project for the last three years uh, bringing all of the Welsh venues that are interested and there's quite a few to, to, to look at how they run their buildings, how they, how they um, can put sustainability more at the heart of their buildings. And then the other, I suppose, is, so maybe that's the kind of the, um, the hardware. Uh, and then the software has been very much around um, vision and the role of the art and, and the stuff that we make and what it is that we do. It, it's our processes and our practice. What, what Emergence does really is to create the spaces in which the possibility of a dialogue can happen and change can occur. It's less about us bringing in an informed specialist um, who then says, art sector, we think you need to do this. It's more about having um, inspiration and disturbance in equal number, I'd say, to, to, and to, to create um, a, a, an artful gathering of hearts and minds and to support a conversation towards change and actually that conversation might be might come in the form of a film it might come that, that we actually commission or make it might be um, a performance say with Sarah's performance the roadless trip that um, emergence put some um, seed money into commission it might be um, that, that we uh, provoke a conversation through a report culture shift or we take 40 artists 
for five days over 60 miles of the mountains in mid Wales and we have a walking conference or maybe we join together with Centre for Alternative Technology and create a three-day site-specific immersive conference called Co-Creating the Future. So emergence doesn't have one form as you know very much mirroring um, the uh, the, the, the processes by which change happens. It's about bringing elements together, creating a bounded, supported space, and seeing what happens. So, so we don't decide that we know what, what is going to happen, but, but we, with a sense of in, intention, we, we know that something powerful will happen if we bring those people together, or organizations together in, in the right way. So it's very much a learning practice. Um, and emergence, I mean, sometimes I, I talk about it as, as a cottage industry because often it's, it's kind of maybe um, me trying to get funding for different projects or, or making things happen on no money or little money and then bringing in or inviting in other artists um, like Sarah, like Lucy, like Paul Allen, and sometimes I describe it as a network, which of course it is, and a movement and an initiative. But I think there's something which it, it, the formlessness of emergence. So I'd say it's more of a process than a thing, but it's a thing that makes projects that hopefully have, uh, creates the possibility of of change. On your on your website, you talk about there are uh, different. Things you have some bullet points of, of things you say that it's about uh, live the future now, acquire information and practical skills which enable us to put our principles into practice, develop effective ways to communicate this to a wider audience, resource ourselves to keep on doing the work that's needed to be done, and reenchant ourselves with each other, with art and with life. And they struck me as five things that resonate very deeply with with transition and what transition groups are doing. And I guess this this sort of uh, question about the fifth one there about you know reenchanting ourselves with art and bringing art into transition is something that Lucy's book will very much put on the map, but which has been growing since its inception, really. And I wondered what your thoughts were in terms of what transition, what, what the arts bring to transition, what dimension the arts can bring to the work that people who are doing this work are doing. I suppose I felt for quite a long time that in trying to wrestle with the sort of complex challenges that, that we have in looking at how to move through this this transition this culture shift that there is an art shaped gap really and so I feel that you know for myself and also for the artists I've, I've spoken to engaged in this work now that we are responding to a need and I think that's what artists do I think artists pick up on what's happening in society from talking to different people from a sort of innate curiosity uh, that I think we live with all the time and I think you know the, the reason artists were pulling away was that they you know there was a, it's, you know almost a calling to go and to do something else and I, so I think there is this gap and I think it exists everywhere where this change is happening and I think there are a lot of roles that art can play that you wouldn't necessarily traditionally think that art might play in this sort of a journey and I think that's why for the artists involved there's been a confusion you know to the point of people saying well are we artists anymore is this what art artists do you know I'm, I'm certainly not 
sitting up in my garret smoking cigarettes and typing on my typewriter, which is the sort of view I had of a writer when I set out in my career. You know, what I'm doing is is a much more sort of renaissance activity. It's multifaceted. And I think that in trying to find out how we usefully fill this gap, um, we're taking on um, a different roles, which has been hugely challenging and continues to be challenging, but is also very inspiring. I've been sort of trying to teach this to first-year students at Manchester University, to, so to really distill some of this. And I sort of boiled it down to the idea of that artists uh, are having a relationship to change, so we're able to you know, give uh, communities, audiences, people involved, a relationship to the idea of change. Um, and the artwork itself is about change, has a relationship to change. Um, it's about participation. So it's about, you know, it's not about audiences and spectators. It's about people being active. active. And Augusto Boel, the, um, the guy who uh, invented Forum Theatre, very much was working with art and social change in, in Brazil um, a while back, talked about the idea of a spectator somebody who watches and also takes part. And um, participation is absolutely key to this practice. And it's also, um, it's cross-forms. A lot of my work is sort of narrative arts meets um, activism. Uh, but I also use film. I also use, you know, I have uh, members of the audience up on stage. I do all sorts of different things and I interview people. So, you know, and, and everybody I think would say the same, that we're working with a, a very, very sort of cross-form practice. So you, those things have developed, I think, in response to what is needed. Anybody in transition, anyone dealing with the sort of culture shifts that, that we're trying to manage should see the arts really as something that's responding to that as a sort of in the same way that you might call call out the you know green flag or, or somebody when you break down that actually artists are trying to come into these situations of, again, Augusta Bile talked about the Chinese word, word for crisis being meaning both danger and opportunity. And I think the arts, uh, artists are trying to come into those moments of both danger and opportunity and ensure that we land, you know, more more squarely on the side of opportunity while taking into account danger. And so I think it's very much a renaissance practice that's building up that is also about holding space, also about enabling dialogue, also about creating, you know, empathy and connection between people bringing people out of isolation and many, many other things that, um, that means that this is actually a very, very useful tool for anyone who's, you know, <laughs> feeling like they're, they're sort of on the turn, I suppose, um, in terms of uh, trying to manage change. So Susie Gablick, who was an American uh, art critic, then moved more and more um, closely to, to this ecological and relational art practice. This particular book, The Enchantment of Art, almost feels like it has been a, a handbook for change for, for artists of this particular stripe and also um, a manifesto and a provocation and it feels like it, the, the book itself even though it was written 20 years ago is having a real renaissance again now so a lot of artists who, who are working in this, this culture shift or playing for time way are really uh, getting support from what this book says. Um, and the, I think the subtitle of Lucy's book comes from a Gabalic quote, making, the, making art as if the planet mattered, or making art as if the world mattered. And she asks a very significant question, which I think has been a kind of a provocation for us within Culture Shift and, and also playing for time, that she asked the question, what does a successful artist look like 
at a time of global change. And of course, um, as artists, we often measure our success in the number of publications, the number of, of plays that have been put on, the number of international tours, the number of world festivals that we show our work at, or art publications that, that, that cover us. But she's saying, actually, again, that, that is in a sense that is a successful artist in terms of the old paradigm and I think it's a live question I don't think it's been answered yet and I think that's why it is it's such an interesting question at the moment what does a successful artist look like at a time of global change um, and also what we found and this was something I think that Paul Allen spoke about when I first met him and said I'm interested in doing something with, art something with artists and, and he, he spoke to me about a gathering that he'd, he'd called at the Centre for Alternative technology um, a year or so before and he was he was a little bit skeptical um, that artists would go for it because he he said well we had this gathering and artists were saying we don't want to be the instruments of your change uh, that's not our role um, the, 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 and so so there was again this uh, sense of a return to a, a not a very helpful uh, dynamic between arts for art's sake and arts as being instrumental. Um, and so he, I think, bumped in quite squarely um, to, to, to that, that, that push and pull within this conversation that, that he was involved in. Um, and it felt like it didn't go any further at that point. But I think that there's something about, as artists, what we're doing is to in invite our artists to be part of the conversation, um, perhaps by using different, a different frame of reference. Not so much artists serving scientists or artists serving specialists and then communicating complex information. I mean, of course, artists have been doing that and there's a role for artists in doing that. But that's not the only that's not the only role that we're saying that artists can play. Um, and uh, and often I think the. The, the language that we talk about this in is so crucial. Uh, our, first, our first gatherings with Emergence was uh, myself working with Sustain Wales, Cunnell Cymru, um, and, uh, and they were the um, independent, um, I suppose, movement for um, bringing sustainability into the mainstream in Wales, funded by the Welsh Government. Um, and, and I worked with somebody uh, and we co-created Emergence together. So myself uh, as an arts practitioner and, and someone from, from Rodri Thomas, another of the writers from Culture Shift. Um, and it was interesting. At the beginning, he was the only one who got it in their organisation because he used to be an ex-actor, or he was an ex-actor. Um, and so he was really excited by the role of the arts. But a lot of the others in the organisation were saying, why are you working with the arts? Rodri, why are you spending so much time hanging out with Fern and planning these arts gatherings? We, we, yeah, we understand you have to work with the arts, but our brief is to work with every single sector. And they didn't quite get that if you can work with the arts, you can work with every other sector as well. Um, but, but we were saying, actually, so art is just another sector, but it can be more than just another sector, because he was also saying, going from his trips around the country and talking to different communities, he, he, he was echoing what Paul Allen was saying, saying, we've got the science, we've got the statistics, it's irrefutable, but change isn't really happening. Um, 
we're telling people, we're giving them really good, thoroughly researched information, but it's not happening. Attitude change, behavior change. How, how can we work in a different kind of way? Um, and, and in terms of um, this word, sustainability, that, that both of them kept saying, and, and as an artist uh, c coming from a theater background, this word, whenever it was mentioned, I kind of got, I just felt ignorant because I knew they knew what they meant when they talked about sustainability. Um, and then I started using the word as well, because it was a shorthand that we'd go, oh, yes, sustainable future, sustainability, sustainable development. But it, it felt very, very empty and not very attractive or exciting to actually be putting energy behind it. Um, and I think there's something about, again, the role of the artist in, in creating different language, telling a different story that's not about sustainable development goals, SDGs and indicators. And can we work with, can, can we, um, in a way, have, so those, those words like re-enchantment or falling in love with the planet, um, the art of living, um, and, and so, so actually, the, the one um, definition of sustainability, so again and again, I'm sure it, it will be one that you know, Rob, from Professor Tim Jackson, I think is, the art of living well within the, ecolog within the ecological limits of a finite planet. And, and that, just that phrase, the art of living well, it, 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 could, it feels like something that you could live your life by. Um, and it's not just artists that can do it. So it's about how do we live more artfully. Um, and, and there's also this sense, I think, in the work that, that we are doing, it's not just, it's not saying artists have um, a uh, artist's uh, kind of own creativity or artists own the art. It's, it is this sense of saying, actually, an artist is not a special kind of human being, but a human being is a special kind of artist. And that's, I think, re-quoting um, Satish Kumar, who talks about that. But equally, Joseph Boyce is saying everyone is an artist. And I think that what we're saying and the artists who are involved in this kind of relational, participatory, um, spect actor practice is that we are all artists. And how can we together um, create this um this or how can we learn to live more artfully together and, and we don't even necessarily have to use words like sustainability or sustainable development they might be useful for some people but i think for a lot of people they either feel ignorant or switch off when those words are used thank you um my last question was about um uh you, one of the things that's very central to your approach is not uh, doing climate change theatre, for example. You know, you, you talk about not wanting to, uh, it's not just about bringing artists together with scientists or activists or whatever, uh, because that promotes a more kind of reductionist approach. Can you just give us a sense of how you feel uh, isn't the most effective way to work with people around climate change if it's not working in that more kind of didactic sort of uh, way? Yeah, this is something I feel really passionately about, actually. You know, the sort of the 
the last time we had a sort of a political theater that you know when we look back at the sort of the the, the history of theater we look at the sort of agitprop theater of the of the 70s and the surest way to turn somebody off is to is to turn up and tell them what to think and i guess i feel that the green movement you know all of us really have been guilty of starting from where we are and one way or another, in the nicest possible ways, we are we are finger wagging and we're saying, "Come over here. We're in the right place, and this is where you need to be." And I just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the same way that facts don't really work. Because actually, what changes our minds, I think, are the connections we have with each other and the stories that we can share. And I feel really, really passionately that if we are going to affect change, then we need it needs to be a change that. Um, is about diversity in every way. So there is no point us as artists or as people continually telling ourselves the same stories and knowing that we're right. We have to reach out and find actually where I think the answers are, which is you know sometimes right out in the margins, right out you know finding those voices that, that we don't get to hear and hearing the stories that don't get told. And I feel that we need to get out. I certainly this is what I try to do as an artist is to start where other people are. You know, all the people who are not, for whatever reason, they're good people, they're, they're people who care, they're people who do good things in their lives, but for whatever reason, they are not affected deeply by these ideas um, of change. And I think most people know the need to be changed in all the work that I do, whether I'm asking about people's car use um, or people's relationship to, to food or, uh, or energy or climate change or the weather. Everybody knows, people know, but that doesn't mean that people can act. And I suppose I feel that, you know, our job is is, is not to go out and, and tell people what we think, but in fact to start from what people think and what people deeply know and then find ways to connect that back to a bigger shared story. And in all the work that I've done, and I, you know, I can only really speak personally, my story of what the future might look like and how we might get there is is best made more rich by those other people who seemingly are quite different to me and actually yes I learn a lot from experts and I work with all sorts of different scientists and you know great minds but actually I think the truths are out there almost in the furthest places from us. Within the Culture Shift Report I'd say the artists who are really you know working uh, with this agenda um, are, are Sarah and also one of our other co-writers Emily Hinchelwood who has been um, in, in um, a South Wales uh, Valley town um, actually uh, not just working um, around um, poetry and art around climate change and renewable energy, but um, her and her partner in, in um, Awal Amantawi, um, which is an uh, organisation that, that they have created, uh, that they've been campaigning to actually set up um, a number of um, wind turbines in their own um, uh, their, their own valley. Um, and, and I think the, the learning and the challenges and the difficulties and the artful ways around and actually the perseverance that they have shown has been extraordinary. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not actually kind of 
I suppose, doing the work in a way that, say, Sarah is doing the work and Emily is doing the work. Um, but actually, from where, I, where I'm standing, it's, it, it's, it's remarkable work that creates change, um, as Sarah says, starting with where people are and not making people feel ashamed that they are thinking something or ignorant because they they don't know what um, maybe a climate, climate scientist knows, but it's actually turning up in those communities and, and, and having the conversation uh, in open, artful ways. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so I think that, that's what I've been, been seeing Sarah and Emily do, and I know that there's so many uh, other artists who are working in that way. So, it's, yeah, it's... it's it's an exciting thing to be witnessing. The very last thing that I've, I've asked everybody, which is a horrible question, and do feel free <laughs> to say, actually, I'm not going to ask that, was, was just what art, what's, what is art? Margaret Wheatley says, and, and, and I, 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 talk, I, I say that there's a couple of patron saints of emergence, and one of them is Margaret Wheatley. She wrote us this preface, most indigenous cultures did not have a word for art because they did not separate experience from the expression of that experience. This yeah. remarkable study from modern-day Wales has the potential to re-establish the ancient role of artists to illuminate to their community the important skills and sensitivities on which their survival depends and through their artistic expression to aid their community in fully experiencing the dangers and delights of their present way of life. And I think that goes back to the sort of Hamlet thing about, you know, putting a mirror up to society and... I, and for me, that's what art is. Art enables society to better see itself, I think. I'd, I'd say, for me, that there's something about art which reconnects us with a source, um, a source of possibility, a source of inspiration, a source of divine, what, whatever language different people use. But it's something that maybe it can connect us Art can connect us with the spirit of the depths and the spirit of the times. And, and I think art is what happens in the middle when the spirit of the depths and the spirit of the times come together, either in a beautiful way or in a, in a clashing, tough, difficult way.